Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on today. The FBI director in the hot seat. And you know what? It's frustrating just watching parts of this because there's a question that gets asked, and it's pretty simple what the question is, and then it's a stonewall. Oh, yeah. Just time and time and time again. I, it's, I, I don't think it's good for a lot of people's mental health to just watch the whole thing. You're better off even either reading it or getting highlights. I think you have a highlight, David. I, I, I do, yeah. So there's been a big court ruling, of course, banning the federal government, at least for now, from coercing social media companies to censor speech. The FBI, meanwhile, is saying, hey, we only got involved. It was just a request to Twitter and others. You know, we're only really getting involved to stop disinformation. So if that is the premise, if that's the thesis, right, mm -hmm. you would be able to say, explicitly this is what we define as disinformation but the sure. fbi director christopher ray well he can't really define what di disinformation is oh my goodness roll it what i can tell you is that our focus is not on disinformation broadly speaking well wait a minute yes, it is. wait a minute you're, can i you're, answer the question you can in a minute your star witness said in the litigation elvis chan who's in charge of this said they do it on the basis of dif disinformation we need a we need a definition of what that is our focus is on malign foreign disinformation, that is, foreign hostile actors who engage in covert efforts to Mr. Ray, Mr. our social media platforms, which is something that is not seriously in dispute. I have to stop you for time. That's not accurate. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So did you get frustrating watching that, David? Yeah, I did. Because okay. you would think that it's, it's actually, you know, pretty easy to define. This is exactly what we're looking for. This is how we define misinformation or disinformation and we also know from the twitter files that it wasn't just disinformation it wasn't foreign actors it was well conservative media yes it was it was the new york post and others it had to do with everything from hunter biden's laptop to vaccines to the origins of covid it went on and on and on and yes, there's a deep state. We know it for fact. And you can't get people to answer questions. And we got to get somebody else in charge, as far as the White House, to change up who we have in the FBI and the CIA to make this stop. And some people even question then if it's possible to break apart the deep state. Are you looking at me like I got a tinfoil hat? Well, no, man. I, mean, I, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I think there's so much bizarro world, underworld nonsense going on that cracking that code is nearly impossible. You've just got levels and levels of people that's, protecting that's each other. That's what I mean. I mean, you, you get down to one, you think you got something, you got to keep going, got to keep going, got to keep going. It's whack-a-mole, man. It really is. Yeah. Is that just making it too simple, David, from your news background? No, no, I don't. I, I don't think so. I think that's a, that's a good analysis of the state of play right now. All right. Well, more on that a little bit later, because he's going to be getting asked a whole lot of questions today. So we'll keep you updated there. 
Uh, Mika Brzezinski says, yeah. you know, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he is made to look bad basically yeah. because his staff is not doing their job. Yeah, President yeah. Biden has had a lot of whoopsies out there. He, re- he routinely shakes hands with invisible people. He falls down. He forgets where he is, what he's doing. And every time he goes on international trips, he has to be led around like the elderly great-grandfather by other world leaders. It just happened yesterday in Lithuania. The leader of Lithuania had to actually direct him to to show him where to stand. Yes. And is like it's showing like him where to Charles, go. Charles, the same thing the other day, yeah. trying to get him to go. That, that and then be... it, it is. It's like visiting someone at the nursing home saying, no, we've got to go over here now. Mm-hmm. That would be King Charles, by the way, sir. Oh, sorry, King but, Charles. But yeah, and it's not like King Charles is is a spring chicken by any stretch of the imagination. No. He looks like it, though, next to Biden. <laughs> right, he does. Now, I thought this was hilarious. MSNBC's Mika Brzezinski has found out the real problem. It's the staffers. Okay. He's 80. You need to be there for him, and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. Okay? Let him do his job. Let him do his speeches. Let him work on policy. Let him do his connections okay, in Congress. Out. He can't do a speech. No, that's another no. problem. I mean, they've put extra big letters out there for him with a massive monitor. He can't read it. (laughs) He can't do the job. His whole life is the Reader's Digest Big Print Edition. (laughs) (laughs) But this is hilarious. She's angry. Let him do his connections in Congress, unlike any president that we've seen, uh, I, I don't know, since Clinton. But my God. Make sure, you know, your Secret Service, you're his staff, that you were there and you're telling him what's next. And it's not because don't don't take this as, oh, he can't even get from one place to another. When you're busy and you're on stage and we've been on stage, I've done speeches and I'm so nervous. I'm doing the speech. I'm trying to get it right. And when it's done, I don't know which way to go. And I'm looking for direction. So do a better job. (laughs) Hold on. There's still more left. Yeah. (laughs) Stunning. But how many times has Mika Brzezinski or any politician, any media member, any college professor turned around and tried to shake hands with a person who wasn't there? (laughs) And leave the hand hanging. Like, where are you, ghost? (laughs) It's one thing to start to reach and then like, oh, there's nobody there. And it's like really quickly done. He leaves it hanging like, well, where, where is he? And then he, sometimes he'll do that, and then he'll turn around and do that surprise look. Like, <laughs> right. Nobody's oh, here. Oh, my gosh. No I one's here. Agnew was right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the rest of her take. Because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president, like, going the wrong way. And it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another. He can handle the presidency. You have to handle his schedule and where he goes. Well, and, and, and the schedule. It makes me mad. The- Mika, he can't remember if a person's dead or alive. Yeah. That, that's not the... So what she's really mad at is that staffers don't uh, cover up his clear decline sufficiently enough. I guess, man. Yeah, you got to provide better cover. That's really I something. Mean, I mean, it's like a, a rookie NFL quarterback, right? He's supposed to be this new hot shot, and he goes out and he throws eight picks every single game. <laughs> well, clearly it's the Cowboys' fault, okay? His hands are damp. The ball is wet. <laughs> wow, that's something. Meanwhile, I happened to see this today. 
everybody knew this was going to happen. If you hadn't heard, Chicago has a new mayor. And Brandon Johnson's the mayor, and he was one of these defund the police people. Okay? And it's not like he had slowly tried to move away from that knowing that was a political loser. No, he leaned into it and still got elected mayor. Mm -hmm. And now they are trying to, no joke, reimagine police in Chicago. (sighs) Creating a more just and vibrant city for all. He will re-envision the role of police. Replacing some with, check it, mental health workers in communities that are over-policed. Yep. You remember the clip yesterday from the president of El Salvador saying it's safer there now than in Chicago? And that's a fact. Mm -hmm. That is a fact. Okay. Holy smokes, man. In this story, over the past few years, it's become more severe in Chicago. Crime has spiked 88% since 2021. Gosh, damn. And no indications the trend will be reversing anytime soon. And Brandon Johnson, the new mayor, just released this 223-page report titled a blueprint for creating a more just and vibrant city for all that includes his public safety plan. Mm -hmm. The plan, which was inspired by a, quote, struggle rooted in black liberation, contains no recommendations to increase enforcement of crimes. Instead, it proposes getting rid of a gang database because of racial disparities. Golly. That's racist. Yeah. Holy smokes. Issuing an acknowledgement of harm toward black and Hispanic residents of the city, re-envisioning the role of a police officer and providing mental health services rather than actual safety in communities that are over-policed. So when these gangbangers are having a shootout, call the mental health worker? Hey, why the anger? No, no, I mean any... Let's talk about your feelings. Are you joking? Any city in this country, if you talk with a uh, the county sheriff or you talk with the local police department, they'll tell you it's about maybe 5 to 10% of the population in any crime-ridden area that is the source of the problem. Sometimes it's as few as, like, if we could get these 10 people off the streets, we would be safer. Yep. So we need to go the opposite direction. I think we need more officer-involved shootings. Honestly, man, I if think- you wanted it safer for the entire city— that is certainly more the remedy than what he's proposing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another That's side astounding. of me that says, you know what? Go pound sand. You guys voted for this. Oh, yeah. Nonsense. I mean, Eat it. I know. I mean, I realize I, not everybody did, and I realize uh, there's a lot of people who don't want this, but then you have an option. You can get the hell out of Dodge, too. There is that part of me that, and I've said this before, because you've seen these little old ladies and other women in these areas that are interviewed saying we want the police it's not safe mm-hmm. the one woman in philadelphia crying please somebody get here and protect us goodness gracious man it's unbelievable okay now on a lighter note i've not heard this story mm-hmm. but this is a real cat whisperer yeah and you are known as the cat whisperer on this show David. I, I just want to say this this guy is absolutely not the real deal okay okay but he tries to speak like a cat, and he tries to teach other people how to speak like cats. It's this dude named Alec Newman. He's on social media. Does he media. identify as a cat? No, he does not identify as a cat. All right, not that crazy. But, yeah, right. but he, he can teach you. Here are a couple of lessons of how to speak to a cat. And this is basically for Scott. Yeah. Okay, I'm listening. All right, roll it. Which is a gentle come here, or... 
which means come here. Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm impressed by the sound he makes because that does sound like a cat. But what was that second part? <laughs> that <laughs> What's that? that? That means come here. What does this mean? Which is a gentle. What? What's that mean? That's a, that's a, I guess, a gentle. What did he say it was? Gentle. Wasn't that a. Hold on. Which is a gentle come here. There you go. The gentle one. Which means come here. What in the. Is that? <laughs> he's trying that's to. That's more imita- annoying than Robin's male cat. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, trying, he's, he's trying to uh, teach people how to communicate better with their, with their cats. You know, to get your cat to come here. Open the can of food. Or say, well, anybody here. can do that. It doesn't take that's a whisper. That's what I mean. The oh old-fashioned way is open a can of food. They'll come running. Yes. Well, you don't discipline your cats. This is well documented from David. That's not even right. my opinion. I don't know much about cats. That's what he tells us. Mm-hmm. You can do a better job there from what he says. No, I really do. I mean, I've dropped the ball parenting with a human. Now I'm doing it with cats. So. <laughs> It's all right, man. It's all good. We're going to have some fun today. Some crazy stuff out there. Okay, so what is the new student loan scam? Lowering payments to zero? How does that work? Get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, the left is very upset that you are no longer forced to pay for someone else's student loan. I know. They can't do that. It's terrible. But now there's a new scam? Yeah, so the Biden administration is pushing this thing that they actually tried to start rolling out last year, but it's about uh, new uh, payment structures for people who owe, uh, owe on college loans. Okay. Uh, basically, uh, they are the most lenient terms ever. Interest won't pile up as long as borrowers make regular payments. And millions of people will have monthly payments reduced to $0. How does that work? And if you make those payments of $0 for about 10 years, uh, any remaining debt is going to be called off. What? That's a, the federal government needs to, like, start managing my mortgage. I'd love that. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt, man. How the heck is this supposed to work? Yeah. You it, just don't pay? It's called the save plan. And what's interesting is it's actually more... Uh, expensive overall for the country than even Biden's loan cancellation scam. So this will probably face a court challenge as more and more people try to take advantage of this program. Uh, it, that'll be, I think, l- more difficult to get overturned than the student loan bailout because that was like a new executive power that the president gave himself. To okay. try to w- wipe away, whereas this, if, if they, I mean, if the education department can set the terms for the loan repayment, then they're acting within their authority. It's not morally right, especially if you're not holding these schools accountable. But, you know, I, I think they probably do have the legal authority to do it. So in the end, there'll be, you know, some people that will have to pay back quite a bit. Other people mm-hmm. won't have to pay back yeah. anything. Okay. And again... We've talked about it, well, for years now, how, you know, the rubber's going to meet the road at some point with universities because the investment is just not worth it. It doesn't make financial sense. But they're trying to hold up these universities to keep just riding that gravy train. Oh, totally. 
You know, it'd be different if you were paying off uh, somebody else's loan if you got like a picture of them. Like if you were sponsoring a kid in, in Africa or something where you get the picture. Like Shakuru? Yeah, like you're Shakuru. Yeah. You get a little updated, you know, on how their life is. and Yeah, Shakuru and Yumatoni is the female. Is, this, yeah. is, this is the person you're paying their loan off for. You know, this is Chuck. Here's Chuck. Yeah. You know, and you get a picture of him. You can put it on your refrigerator and, and you know, you're, you're helping Chuck out. Here's yeah. Chuck. They, them. Yeah, is right, uh, is yeah. playing Call of Duty, right? Yes, uh, at this in between time. Uh, door dashes. That's right. Yes, but he's working hard too. Well, by the way, Shakuru is not they them. That's he. Yeah. Just so you yeah. know, and Yuma Tony is she. Right. And and you you help They're doing well. You help there with their lives yeah, by dude. financially supporting them. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I I think we should get that, and we should get maybe like a little baseball card. The university they went to <laughs> is at the top. Well, yeah, at least you'd feel like, okay, right, exactly. something here. You could say, see who I'm helping right there. There's, right. You know. But then if you if they started making these goofy choices, you'd be like, yeah. okay, I can't support this anymore. Yeah. Right. No, I, I I like the baseball card idea, though, basically, because it, it's, it's kind of uh, what I've really wanted to be the law for state universities, at least public universities, which is to publish data showing how many people um, – are working in the field in which they got their degree from that university. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Show the stats on that because a lot of universities and a lot of programs within those universities would get decimated when they realize it's like maybe one out of a hundred are actually working in this field that everybody yeah. went no kidding. into a mountain of debt for. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you this. With you, Matoni, and Shikuru yeah. in Rwanda, yeah. one thing I don't have to worry about is at school that someone's trying to convince them that they're the opposite sex. That is That's true. one thing I don't yeah, have to sweat. Yeah, no. We got that going for us. That's good. All right. Did you see where Kevin Costner's wife, not getting what she asked for as far as uh, cash a month, only getting $129,000 a month? Oh, that's it? They're asking for two forty-eight, But it is more than twice the 51000 that Kevin originally offered. Man, he was blindsided by this, too. He didn't want this to happen, reportedly. Hmm. Yellowstone's going to be done, too. That sucks. All right, news update. Straight ahead. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. David, are you telling me that you're not buying into all of the heat hype well, right now? I, I mean, it's certainly hot. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of places. Uh, South Texas going to get up into, what, 104 territory, maybe a little bit warmer. Um, you know, there are a lot of places around the country that are going to get hot. Guess what? It's July. I was thinking the same thing, but man, you check in Legacy Media, the morning shows. I'm telling you, man, it, it's a lot of hype. I mean, that's like the open of the Today Show. Mm -hmm. You roll it out. Listen. Good Wednesday morning. No relief from that extreme weather coast to coast. Yeah, tens of millions bracing for yet another brutal day. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah. Burning up. Burning up. It's been 100 degrees for like, what, two weeks almost? It's crazy. Nearly 80 million Americans now in the grip of that record-breaking heat wave, stretching from California to Florida with no end in sight. It seems more hype than ever. Yeah, but it, wait a minute, like two weeks ago, or was that last week, when they were all hyping the hottest day on the planet ever, that yes. nonsense story? Yes. They were saying it was 100 million people facing temperatures over 90 degrees 
Yes. Now it's 80 million. Oh, yeah. It's hot. It's July. Well, they sent Priscilla Thompson, one of their newer reporters, down to Houston. Oh, yeah. Your old stomping grounds to cover this. Experts say it's historically hot. And so, okay. And all of a sudden, there's this dude that is supposed to be the expert. Mm hmm. Like, okay, what are the credentials? We're seeing things get worse and worse. Um, we sometimes hear the expression, a new normal. Is this a new normal? But it's worse than that. More uh, intense and frequent heat waves, wildfires, floods, like we're seeing play out this summer. Yeah. I thought that had been debunked. Well, yeah. I mean, you have a lot of different issues for us. Management for the wildfires, et cetera, and... I mean, you just go to, it's it's right there on, I think it's the National Weather Service's website. Yeah. Uh, looking at Houston in particular. Yeah. Having grown up in Houston, historically cool place. Not really. It's actually very hot, especially in the summer. Average high temperature, July 2000, was 97.7 degrees. Average high temperature in July 2021, 92.7. Okay. So it's five degrees hotter on an average with the high 21 years before 2021. So okay. it actually doesn't make sense, the idea that it's like, oh, it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Well, you have some summers that are hotter than others. That's just kind of how it works. But it's 83 degrees in the morning. Okay. okay. And just to give you a sense of how hot it is already right now, it is 83 degrees, and that temperature is going to keep ticking up. Of course, one way to beat the heat is to head to the pool. Like because this. she's at the pool right there. Ah, okay. Yeah. Talking about people are trying to get their laps in now before it gets hotter later. I always thought it doesn't matter how hot it is. If you're swimming, you're all right. Because you're in the water, but whatever, go ahead. Like this one, but also for folks who are going to be staying at home in the AC, you don't want to crank the AC all the way down. Experts see helpful tips, yeah. which is a former news director, David, you love the <laughs> tips <laughs> no, that I are offered not. by no. one of the reporters. Experts say that's going to put a lot of strain on your air conditioner, which is already working overtime in this heat, and it's also going to use more energy, which could send your electrical bill up. Hoda. Wow, really? really? Oh, I never thought I'm of that. I'm just saying, I, I grew up in Houston, and I remember very clearly morning practice, right? Try to beat the heat. It's like 88 degrees already. You know, yeah. you're, <laughs> no. yeah, that's, that's, that, that isn't a new normal. That's just kind of normal. Which one of these chirpy linheads is going to be the first to break the egg on the sidewalk? Because <laughs> you know that's coming. Yeah, I want to do this. I actually yeah. had a guy out to my house um, uh, installing a new cable system, and he had to get mm -hmm. up in the attic to do it. And the attic was something like, I mean, you know, the attic space, it's very hot up there. Uh, and it was something like 140 degrees up, up there. And... I laughed because the previous weekend I had done ribs on the grill, mm -hmm. and that was actually hotter than the, the, the my attic was hotter than the grill <laughs> had been while making the ribs. So now my thing is instead of cracking an egg on a sidewalk, I'm going to smoke some ribs in my attic. There you go. <laughs> Viral, baby. Well, have you got a video of that? Yeah. That's a zany, wacky bit. Yes. Would love that. I'm for it. Uh, news out of California. Can you explain this to me? Democrats 
don't the, want this bill that would make child sex trafficking a serious crime? This I don't is understand disgusting. it. Uh, California Democrats have rejected a bill that would have increased the penalties for trafficking children. Most notably, the bill would keep repeat offenders behind bars and make them ineligible to be released from prison early, a three strikes rule. Um, wow. The bill was cleared by the state Senate with bipartisan support. But when it got sent over to the state assembly, that's the House, um, mm -hmm. it got snagged in a committee. None of the six Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee voted on it. They, w they just abstained. No, we're not going to do this. So it got held up. They, they have left the door open for future consideration, but it won't happen this time. And now, according to a reporter with KTLA, last year... A state senator introduced a similar bill, but it didn't make it. Uh, but it didn't make it out of the public safety committee either, because that bill sought to go after human traffickers who target people of all ages. This time around, it was narrowed specifically: 17 and younger. If you are caught doing this, it is considered a serious felony. Yes. And good. if you're caught doing it again, you're going to prison, and you're not eligible in California's point system for early release. Good. And apparently, though, Democrats in the state assembly didn't care enough about protecting kids to even bother to vote on this. And, you know, you can hear some grumbling. The audio is not very good for radio purposes, but you can hear grumbling once the thing died in the in the uh, 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 committee. People were saying you should be ashamed of yourselves. And they should. You should. They should be named and shamed. I mean, this is this is just unbelievable. I mean, and they give no reason why? Do they well, say, well, this bill is like QAnon adjacent? No, they didn't say that. No. Uh, but opponents of the bill uh, said that increased penalties will do little to deter crime or sex trafficking. And I'm like, that's not necessarily, I mean, I, one, I think that's a lie. No, I think if you have stiff penalties, it does serve as a deterrent, especially for people who are kind of on the fence about whether or not to get roped into any sort of trafficking operation. Yes. For quick cash. Yeah, that is a deterrent. But two, forget about the deterrent for a second. How about the Keep punishment? Keep them on the street. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you don't want these people in society. No. Remove them from the equation. Absolutely. I know it's. Where does that come from? Yeah. You think you're a good person because you want child sex traffickers to what? Get out of jail earlier? Are you crazy? Where is that learned? I'm sure there's some sort of equity and fairness nonsense somewhere. Well, Marx is crap. Well, then also there are people who are evil and just want to diddle kids. Right, That's exactly. True. That's part of it. Holy smokes, man. That's crazy. All right, switching gears. It's time to go around the table. Do it every day about this time. May not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. David, what is your story? I don't know. This actually is a pretty big story. I know okay. we, we just got wrapped up with Pride Month nearly two weeks ago. Uh, but did you know uh, that this week is Non-Binary Awareness Week? I did. That's supposed to uh, celebrate non-binary people everywhere, Okay. Yes, I have the whole list somewhere of what all the holidays are to give it proper respect. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what does that mean, though? That, that means you need to celebrate people who want attention. Okay. Not accept, have to celebrate. Yeah. Well, the non-binary thing is made up anyway. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I mean, this, this is just people who can't commit to, you know, actually being trans. 
yeah. they still want the adulation. They still want the, you know, essentially it's a lot of not very pretty women who are, who wanted to stand out among their prettier friends. Got it. That's kind of what it comes down to. That's the okay. dynamic at play, at least. If you want to keep the rest of the calendar, at least to my estimation, I think Bisexuality Day is coming up in September, followed by Bisexual Awareness Week. Mm-hmm. That's the 23rd of September through the 30th. Uh, National Coming Out Day is October 11th. Gotcha. Uh, Pronouns Day is October 16th. National LGBT Center Awareness Day, because most people aren't aware. Uh, <laughs> October 19th. Spirit Day is October 20th. What's that? Spirit Day? Yeah. Uh, that what's the two spirit thing there, David? You have to explain it. Oh, is that for two spirit or I? I think. thought it was just like show off, whatever. I don't know. No, the two spirit know. thing is something that uh, white liberals co opted from this like sort of kind of maybe true thing in certain Native American cultures. Got it. And so white liberals said, "Well, no, I'm not non-binary. I'm two spirit because that's a Native American practice." And I always oh. just want to ask, what other what tribe? are you a part of and what right. other what other things do you celebrate from that tribe explain good, that to me good question oh don't forget intersex awareness uh, october 26th that happens during asexual awareness week which is october 23rd through the 29th See, and then I don't, remembrance day is november 20th it's not even fair to put intersex in there because that's a that's a genetic deformity essentially i mean that that's an actual medical condition that's rare. Well, you're that's not tell the identity. alphabet mafia that. That's not my rule. <laughs> it's like, is Hallmark behind all this? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, and I forgot your favorite, Scott, Pansexual uh, Day, uh, Pan Romantic Friday, December 8th. That's the, I think it's okay. Yeah, that's when we all celebrate our cast iron skillets. Awesome. That's cool. All right, Scott, what's your story today? <laughs> I'm still trying to. <laughs> Pansexual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. Wow, man. Um, my story is this. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service, as you guys well know, is struggling, has been for years now. Yes. Uh, crazy amounts of uh, money going out for retirees, lots of other expenses, a lot less people using it. And now we have another problem, and that problem is China is counterfeiting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of postage stamps. What? Yeah. Profitable fakery is what it's called. (laughs) Made in China's USPS Forever stamps are sold for as little as 7.7 cents each. That's 88% of the official price. And better yet, one printer even boasts of featuring anti-counterfeitering detection ink. (laughs) So they're uh, selling American stamps online for a fraction of the cost of the real stamp. These guys got their hands in everything. Diabolical. Damn. <laughs> Stamps now? <laughs> Who sits around in a bill? You know what we ought to do? We'll really screw them. Let's start making stamps, <laughs> forge them, and sell them. Oh, gosh. Damn, it's not intellectual property. Even that's like you're stealing our stamps, man. Yeah, man. Uh, for my story today, you know what? I'll get to it in about five minutes or so because I have some audio that goes along with it, and it's from CNN. Um, it's tips if you're going to be visiting a nude beach for the first time from this older lady. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, it's CNN. It's got to be news and it's got to be credible, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that coming up in a few. Um, 
And I can't wait for the Secret Service to brief Congress on the cocaine caper from the White House. That's coming up tomorrow, a preview coming up. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, so the Secret Service is going to do some explaining tomorrow, David. Yeah, it's the mystery of the century. Who left a bag of booger sugar in the White House? Well. The cocaine caper. Secret Service has confirmed, I guess, that they will be briefing the House Oversight Committee on it tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock Eastern. Unintended comedy on the way. Oh, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. We take this very seriously. Where were the cameras? Well, there's not a lot of cameras. I mean, I know it's of utter importance as far as national security, but <laughs> just forgot about cameras there. Who's believing that? No one. No one. He was. Okay, I mentioned uh, for my story, for what's your story today, was it from CNN. It is 81-year-old Rona. Don't know her last name. But uh, she's been a nudist for a long time, mm. and she wanted to give some tips about going to a nude beach i know it's been a passion of yours for a long time scott oh, yeah, that right. hasn't been fulfilled yet you yeah. wanted to do it yeah, so i right. figured this would be helpful for you and yeah, others okay. of your ilk right. uh, this is how it starts i have been a nudist for over 30 years yeah. i sometimes say trying to describe nudism is like describing a flavor if you've never tried it you really can't understand it yeah you just got to get in there and try it no I that's what 81 year old ronna yeah, says okay. she's naked through this whole thing too by the way. Nobody knows this is your first time. Right. And in fact, it might be easier to go to a place with tons of people and just get on with it. Yeah, just kind of dive right in. Okay? All right. Go on. Uh, here come the tips from Rona. Always bring a towel with you to sit on because that is for everybody's hygiene. Yeah. Don't park your chair or your blanket too close to anybody. Yeah, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, you see someone there, and you're like, hey, I, th I think maybe I'll go. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't get too close. Anything that appears like sexual activity, like plastering your body against somebody else, is not allowed. Yeah, that, okay. <laughs> okay. What do you think this is really about here, man? Huh? Yes. She goes on. Feel free to start up a conversation. Look people in the eye, because that might help you figure out where to put your attention. And don't gawk or stare, because that is considered rude and impolite. Okay, now let's just get to the big tip for Robbins. Okay, because I know through conversation this is one of your fears of going. Fake news. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Rona. One of the questions that does get raised a lot is what happens if a man gets excited. I will tell you, it doesn't happen that often. However, it... By the way, if you don't believe her, I do, because I saw, I saw the other people there. <laughs> if anything, it's going the other way. It's hiding. It's a frightened turtle. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But anyway, go ahead, Ronald. However, it can happen, and it can happen because of nervousness or anxiety. Time out. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you because of nervousness or anxiety ever in your life? No. Because I've not heard of that before. <laughs> No, okay. Usually, anyway, go ahead. Usually it's going full Jerry Nadler when I'm nervous or <laughs> you're sweating. It's, That's not happening, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily some kind of sexual thought. Okay. And if it does, take your towel and cover yourself, turn over in the sand, run into the cold water, or pretend you're taking out your garbage. Okay. Whatever it is, that's what you do Pretend in case that happens. Taking out your garbage. <laughs> what does that mean? Is that a euphemism? I or look at me. <laughs> hmm. 
Helpful tips only right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It was earlier, David, you played Mika Brzezinski from the Morning Joe program on MSNBC uh, saying Biden's staff's got to do better. Yeah. It's their fault he's looking terrible right now. He's 80. You need to be there for him, and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. Well, what if he falls over his words? What if he can't read? Yeah, what about that? That's, I don't know what they can do about that. Soon NATO will be the 32nd freestanding, have free, 33, 32 freestanding members standing together to defend our people and our territory. The uncomfortable laughter again. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> There's, hey, that's, staff! Help him out when he's struggling. Freestanding, have free, 30 yeah. free. Where are you? Yeah. Now, here to read a statement is <laughs> handler Jim Stevens. Jim? <laughs> what the president meant to say. It was. He's like a real-time, uh, yeah. a real-time redactor on yes. call. Yes, like an auto-tune that will yes. correct his speech. <laughs> that, was, that, that, <laughs> that was very recent, too, wasn't it? That idea, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Meanwhile, Rand Paul is slamming Zelensky, Ukraine president, for this NATO push. Yeah, President Zelensky is mad because his country isn't being allowed into NATO because Western nations recognize that doing so is a declaration of war on Russia. They don't want to get involved in that. Uh, Zelensky said the West was showing a lack of respect for his country, called the lack of a timeline for entrance into NATO was absurd. He's kind of walked that back because a lot of people are saying, hey, bro, listen, we're we're basically just laundering a ton of money through your country and uh-huh. it is kind of helping you. Uh-huh. So maybe uh, maybe maybe just kind of like back off of that a little bit. Stay in your lane. bro. Yeah. Senator Rand Paul was asked about this on Fox News. Well, you know, there's an old English adage he might need to become aware of, never look a gift horse in the mouth. We've given them $100 billion, and he has the audacity to be so brazen as to tell us we better speed it up. I'd say that's audacious. I'd say that's brazen, and I'd say it's not very grateful for the $100 billion that we've given him so far. That is the way it feels, man. Yeah. I agree with Rand on that one. All right, so keeping an eye on that. And I happen to see this story real quick at Fox. And maybe it's because I just saw Sound of Freedom about child sex trafficking. And this may not have so much to do with that, but it's just like top of mind. Okay. If you say this is a chilling story (laughs) that gets used all the time, well, you can tell me if you find this chilling at all. Um, North Carolina authorities were conducting a routine traffic stop on the 4th of July, and they noticed something unusual in the vehicle they pulled over. It's a 16-year-old female passenger who had been reported missing by Florida police just a few hours earlier. Mm. Just after midnight, 
Nash County deputies pulled over a white Audi with Florida uh, Florida plates on I-95 after a traffic violation. Deputies asked the driver, Alejandro Hernandez Vasquez, 40 years old, some routine questions, and then developed reasonable suspicion to believe that criminal activity was afoot. After getting consent from Vasquez to search his vehicle, deputies noticed that his 16-year-old female passenger had been reported missing by the Coral Springs Police Department just five hours before the stop. They were able to rescue the teenager, who reportedly met Vasquez online. Oh, gosh. And transported her to the Wake County Juvenile Detention Center. That's where her family picked her up. The sheriff there said, monitor your kids' social media because a lot of this stuff starts when pe- with people preying on children. If you're not monitoring what your child is doing on the Internet, then there's the possibility that people are taking advantage of them. This older guy here was taking advantage of the 16-year-old. He was carrying her up north. And I'm not sure it was in the best interest of that girl and for society. Mm. like a parent's worst nightmare, oh, man. Boy. You know, man, and, and this gets to something bigger that we've talked about with uh, the parents' rights movement that's yes. going on. Because right now, what, what the left and what the Democratic Party, including the president of the United States, are supporting is an effort to drive a wedge between parents and other adults and their children basically say hey you can't trust your parents to look out for you because maybe they'll shun you if you think you're gay or if you think you were born in the wrong body or whatever all that does setting aside the alphabet mafia stuff all that is really doing at the end of the day is telling kids to look for validation elsewhere other than their parents and that is maybe it's not the teacher maybe the teacher is just misguided and has uh, wrong ideas about what the relationship between a parent and a child should be, but it does open up that child to be a willing participant in some bad people's motives and plans. Absolutely, man. It reminds me of this book I read probably 10 years ago from, and I forget her name off the top of my head, a uh, psychologist, dealt with teens a lot. The book was called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And over and over, she would say in this book to dads, listen, you know better than your 16-year-old daughter. She thinks she knows everything. You know that she doesn't, and she doesn't. You have to stay strong in these times and be okay with you not allowing her to do A, B, and C because you have her best interest at heart, and you've got to be able to withstand that at different times. She'll be mad at you. You're the adult. You can deal with that. And on what you're saying, David, I think that's really true. That you've got all of society now telling these kids, your parents, they don't have your best interest. They're trying to hold you back from who you really are. It's freaking evil, man. My opinion. Okay, moving on. Um, Kamala Harris spoke again, and you mentioned this. I haven't heard the audio yet. Sometimes I like to be surprised during the show. Is this more word salad? Well, she has the gift of explaining things. She knows how to take complicated topics and whittle them down into very simple terms, doesn't she? She really... Oh, that's... That, yeah, One that's of the great orators of our time, right, exactly, Kamala Harris. Yes. Well, she was, I guess, meeting with the uh, Transportation of Secretary... Or, I'm sorry, uh, Secretary of Transportation, uh, Pete Buttigieg. And, well, she explained 
why transportation is important. Okay. Uh, this issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. It's that basic. Mm -hmm. yeah. Golly. The, what she said made me laugh. It was Robin's look on his face that That's really got me so, going. You know, this is proof that you can absolutely be anything you want to be in America. You do whatever you want. You could be whatever. You could be the vice president. Well, you have to have certain advantages. <laughs> well, your head has to be full of lint. God, what is what was that? Well, of course. When you're saying she's able to drill down the complex to the simple. Yeah. And since we were just talking about Ukraine just a couple minutes ago. Yeah. I'm reminded of that, Jim. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So basically, that's wrong. There you go. <laughs> What's the problem, fellas? I don't get it. <laughs> there you go. It's like every day you're teaching kindergarten. Yeah, Ukraine for first graders. Yeah, right. There you go. And transportation for first graders. Appreciate that. Okay. And then you had a funny piece of audio that you wanted to share with us, David. Yeah, yeah, I thought this was uh, providing some good levity. There's this dude named Chris Barnes, uh, puts out funny videos online. Uh, you know, pickleball has been taking the nation by storm. A lot of people playing it. I just saw a story the other day. The injuries are up. Yeah. Like, ERs are busy because of pickleball. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. this is a joke on the whole fad, and this is somebody who apparently was a crypto bro who went belly, belly up and decided to invest his time scamming people into teaching them the finer points of pickleball. That's the <laughs> joke here. All right, roll it. I'm a pickleball instructor. To be honest with you, I have no idea why this sport exploded. These people have no idea how much of a scam this is. I'm just making <laughs> up at this point. So what you're doing wrong yeah. is you're donking your dinks. When you're dinking, you can't be donking. That's you. You're donking your dinks. This isn't even a real sport. It was invented for the elderly to improve their blood circulation. <laughs> now every 30-something with no stamina and bad knees is hitting me up to learn how to play. These people are too unathletic for tennis and too poor for golf. This is their only option. <laughs> Dink it. Dang. You call that dinking? I am making so much money off of this. You'd be surprised with what people believe when they're paying you $150 an hour. This is why they call it pickleball. Okay, ready? Pickle. There you go, right there. See how I did that? <laughs> I just... Is he really charging or is that a no, joke? No, 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 that's a joke. The whole thing is... I bet you could. Oh, sure you oh, could. I'm sure there are guys studying video of pickleball players right now. And charging, you know, who knows how much. Oh, I'll admit it. As soon as it was my son-in-law and my daughter said, you, you know, and my wife needed to get pickleball paddles and play with them. Okay, whatever. So my wife ordered them, got them, and, you know, go out to play, not understanding. I And it is. It's like this combination of tennis and ping pong to me. <laughs> But you better believe later I was on YouTube. All right, get, I need some tips. <laughs> on how to play pickleball. Well, yeah. just, you know, strategy, different right. things like uh -huh. this, because you can't get the top spin quite like a tennis ball, and what are the finer points? So, oh, yeah, I, I dove into it. Losing's not fun, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Hour and a half, you're probably, you probably had a notepad out, too, writing stuff down. No, I did not do that. I have notes on my phone. <laughs> I was just going to say, there are notes somewhere. I can guarantee it. <laughs> oh, Tucker Carlson's hosting some Republicans, and people are nervous.
This is a funny story straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's some attention being paid to what's going to be going on on Friday. Some Republicans are going to have to answer some questions. That'd be Republicans running for president. Talking Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchinson, Vivek Ramaswamy, because they're going to be interviewed by Tucker Carlson. And I saw this little piece at Real Clear Politics. This is hilarious to me, and I thought you might get a little enjoyment out of it. It says, one Republican presidential campaign expressed surprise, even trepidation, when the news broke that Tucker Carlson would moderate this presidential forum hosted by the family leader. See, several candidates accepted the invitation to do this. Right. And then they found out it was going to be Tucker Carlson being the one that would be on stage with them. And then some of the campaigns were like, oh, boy. Oh, geez. <laughs> Here we go. And it says in the uh, this article, granted uh, anonymity to speak free- freely, this aide wasn't offering an endearing assessment of Tucker. Real Clear Politics spoke to multiple campaigns scheduled to attend the Des Moines Forum. Some love Tucker and see the sit-down as a friendly media opportunity. Others loathe him and still remember how he has laid waste of numerous politicians on his primetime show. That's why people like him. Oh, yeah. So as it says, one by one, he will get to grill each candidate. And it goes on to say, okay, well, as far as your campaign goes, are you, you know, preparing any differently for this than you would if it was someone else asking the questions? And one of the campaigns, again, speaking off the record, said, am I preparing differently? Yeah, of course. I'd be effing stupid not to. (laughs) I'd get fired if I didn't. (laughs) Because you got to know this guy's different. As it says, um, he doesn't have any sympathy for old guard GOP orthodoxies. Again, another reason I think a lot of people like Tucker Carlson. So this will be interesting how this goes down. And I know he's going to go after Asa Hutchinson. He's done that oh, yeah. before. Well, I think that's a good place to be if you're in the commentary class is to actually have uh, uh, campaigns readjusting their strategy based on whether or not you're the one asking the questions. That's a good place to be. Absolutely. It makes you sharp. They said uh, the campaigns are preparing for a universe of questions Tucker could ask. This one aide said you have to have rebuttals for almost everything. (laughs) Yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, You have to be prepared for the worst. My sense is this is probably not going to be uh, over the top on some of the more divisive issues. I don't know about that. So we'll see. I, you know, I'm interested to see it. And if it was, if it was just someone else hosting it, mm-hmm. I don't know that I would be all that interested because you kind of know what you yeah. would get. Well, there's an expectation there, too. We talk, well, I mean, there was going to be fireworks, yes. Well, and he's good with the follow-ups, too. It's not just, uh, okay, I took your answer and we'll move on. I mean, it's sort of, it'll challenge at every turn. And one thing even though sometimes I've seen interviews with him and I'm like, okay, dude, that was a little weak, you know, going after uh, different politicians. Mm-hmm. But what it does, even if I think the questioning may be unfair or not rooted in something that's fact-based, I think it's really interesting how it exposes the person answering the question. 
and how quickly they can try to turn on a dime. And that says a lot more about the person being interviewed. Like Greg Abbott is a good example that comes to my mind, the governor of Texas, who there was one time uh, that Tucker was interviewing him about the border crisis. Now, Tucker was throwing out some ideas that would not be legal for the governor of Texas to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was kind of rolling my eyes at some of the questions. And then it is shocking to see how quickly Governor Abbott would wilt under that stuff. Instead of saying, no, here's why we can't do this, and here's why I'm looking at, you know, plan A, B, or C, instead he just tries to cozy up to Tucker's audience, which is, well, mission accomplished as far as Tucker is concerned to expose some of these people. Yeah, dude. But, I mean, I remember seeing that left with, yeah, Abbott, why don't you do that? I'm not exactly a legal expert. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, do something. Mm-hmm. Get the National Guard down there. Whatever you got to do. You know? Yeah. I mean, Tucker's really good at that. So, yeah, we'll see how prepped they actually are. I did see this story. I was going to ask for a quick opinion. Anybody see the rattlesnake that accidentally ate a mouse trap? Was going to eat the mouse, but the mouse was already in one of those old school oh, traps and was, ate the whole thing? It was like Tom and Jerry then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Animal Rescue placed photos of this online. They actually had a little surgery on the rattlesnake and saved it. Don't you just chop the head off at that point? Uh, yeah, I think so. You just call it good, you know? <laughs> That's what I would think, man. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day. Um, you know, there's a lot of things popping right now. I do think it's really funny that the Secret Service is going to be briefing House Oversight uh, Committee members about the cocaine that was found in the White House. But they're going to do it, like, tomorrow. Because apparently this is just one of those unsolvable cases to know who brought cocaine into the White House. I just think it's really funny. And with every day that passes, you're more convinced it was Hunter Biden. Absolutely. You're telling me if they knew, if they could prove that it was some low-level staffer, they wouldn't have done it already? And not only that, if they could prove it, it wasn't Hunter's. Right. They would have done it already. Absolutely. Yes. And there's a lot of talk of NATO today. We'll get to a news update and much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. What's the latest with Ukraine, David? Well, you know, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky was very upset because NATO nations are not rushing to declare war against Russia. That's World War III, man. Yeah, that, that's not a good thing to do. And so they're saying, hey, look, we'll talk about you joining NATO, but first, this Russian invasion and this war needs to wrap up. Pretty reasonable. And I understand if he's out there trying to, you know, really represent his country. I understand that. But the brat approach is really annoying. Agreed. Really annoying. When, when he's out there saying, well, this is a lack of respect for my nation. And, oh, you guys are slow walking. And it's absurd to do this like dude check your tone a little bit all right yeah after we've given you billions of dollars in support so a bunch of people in the know and in media have kind of recognized this that okay that might be a little bit of a problem but we're still going to try to defend Zelensky here former NATO ambassador uh Evo Dalder tells NBC News that Zelensky's not really mad he was just blowing off steam like anybody would 
Okay. Uh, you know, sometimes we all uh, regret having sent a tweet or writing an email. You know, I have a folder full of emails written but never sent. I think it's a good uh, do the same thing with tweets sometimes. Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, this was a, it sounded like a, a reaction in the moment uh, when mm -hmm. he heard what was going to happen and then when he reflected upon it uh, to understand that he needs to press the case. He needs to do that for his domestic audience, but he also needs to do it for a global audience that he wants to become a member of NATO as soon as possible. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people have fired off social media posts and emails and whatnot that they wish they hadn't, but those didn't result in World War III. I was just going to say that. Yeah, there's a stark difference there. Not only that, for a lot of people, it's been a career ender. It's cancel culture. Mm -hmm. You fire off something, all of a sudden it's out there, and then uh, the company's like, oh, yeah, we it's unacceptable. we got to fire him. person's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it quite like it came off. Well, it's already out there. Yeah, how many people are allowed the excuse of, I was just letting off a little steam? Not many. Nah. No, none. <laughs> Not many. No. How about when you send that email you were meant to send to somebody else, but it goes to the person you were talking about. That's always fun. I've done that. I know you have. Yeah, I've done that. <laughs> text, text. I've done the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just recently, I did it with a text. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I was yeah. thinking of one a long time ago. No. It just happened again. Yeah, I did. Did that get made up okay? Is everything I, good? I don't know. I think so. I yeah. tap danced on the landmine after that and went, well, you know, I mean, I didn't realize what I meant to finish. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this story. This isn't getting a whole lot of attention today. And honestly, it's not something that I knew. Um, the China Commission is telling Major League Baseball and different U.S. firms to stop subsidizing China's abuses. Do you know Major League Baseball was a part of this? Well, yeah. No. I had no idea. Major League Baseball hates Scott Robbins in particular <laughs> yeah, and everyone else in general. Wow. Okay, so here's the story. This was from Real Clear Politics. I was looking around there today and saw this story. It said just hours before baseball fans were gathering in Seattle for the All-Star Game. Um, across the country, members of Congress hit the league for continuing to allow Louisville Slugger and Wilson Bats and Gloves to be used in its games. I hadn't heard of this controversy, no, to be either. honest. So in 2018, China-based Anta Sports bought Finland's Ammer Sports, which owns Louisville Slugger. Did you know that? No idea. You thought Louisville Slugger was still an American company? I thought it was in Louisville, Kentucky, and some nice no. old guy owned the company, came to work every day. Yeah. Yes. As it says in the story, once considered an all-American brand favored by Babe Ruth and Jackie Robinson, as well as Wilson Brand Sports. Oh, yeah. Okay. They still have the factory and museum in yeah. Louisville. But many of its bats have been made in China since 2008. I did not know that. I didn't either. And then Anta Sports, which was the official Olympics uniform supplier for the Beijing Winter Games in 2022, has faced heavy international scrutiny for refusing to say whether the cotton from its products is from the northwest region of Xinjiang. Mm -hmm. And you know why that is important? That's because of the, the Uyghur Muslims. That's where the slaves are, yeah. Yes. Man. Does it make you feel bad? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, who knew this stuff? You just, I just always assumed Louisville Slugger was just this American institution. I did too, you man, know, to that, be honest. It was just, it's, 
Yeah. And we follow this stuff all the time. People take pictures of themselves at the museum when they go. And, sure. You know, it's a just kind of a family-type adventure. And golly, and they're owned by China. Um, a visiting fellow at the Atlantic Council, Isaac Fish, testified before the Congressional Executive Commission on China, saying, I wonder if Major League Baseball understands how they're being complicit with forced labor. Well, they don't, they don't care. That's the thing. Well, I was just going to say that. No one cares. Can you make the bats cheap? Okay. I wonder, though, honestly, and I don't know. I'm asking the question. How many Major League Baseball players, if you told them, you know what? These bats are made with forced labor in China. There are other options for you out there. That they would think, well, I don't feel good about that. I'm going to find another bat. Sometimes I wonder how much it is people don't care or how much it is people just don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't, I don't think they know. I mean, we follow news. We follow this garbage every day. Right. And I didn't know anything about it. What, are you going to learn that Adirondack now is made in Iran? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure about that. Okay. But, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, like the PGA Tour, and there was the big hearing about Live Golf in Congress yesterday. Yeah. And the Saudi money. Okay. No one brings up the PGA Tour opened PGA Tour China a yeah. few years ago and was getting a lot of money from China. That seems to be A-OK. And I'm not saying absolutely take all the Saudi money. I'm just saying <laughs> there's some hypocrisy going on yeah. there. Like, all oh, the Saudis, that is just, <sighs> it's unthinkable. China, that's OK. No problem. It happens it all the time. It's a weird double standard going on, isn't it? Yeah. I always thought those congressional hearings were weird anyway. Oh, like stop, the one yesterday? Yeah. Stop these guys from doing business with them? Yeah, or just trying to find out, okay, was this really fair, this deal? How yeah, how well, exactly I mean, did this go down? Dude. We care about the people. Yeah. Although I must admit, and I know a lot of people were against it at the time, mm-hmm. when you had all the Reuters in baseball going up there to testify to Congress. Because a lot of people are like, why is Congress wasting its time on this? Mm-hmm. But to hear Roger Clemens up there talking about Andy Pettit misremembering things, yeah, right. about them taking roids together, that was fantastic. But that was, that, was a word, that was a word I'd never heard until that happened. Until that happened with Congress, the roids, misremembering. And now it's a word. But I've used it a million times now in my I've life. heard it a yeah. lot of people use yes. that word. I misremembered. Well, I don't know. The rocket... <laughs> You know, really, a Hall of Famer before he started roiding. Yeah. And also coming up with a new word that is used all over society now. Misremembering. Yes. That's a good one. Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, Alexandria. She's back in the news. She was getting criticized online. Don't know if you heard about this. Um, she was talking about being a bartender, you know. And apparently someone on social media said, what? are your best and worst food service industry stories? Asking AOC this question. You already see this, David? Yeah, I did. Okay. Can't wait for your take on this. Um, so she's, she goes into this answer to say that, that how terrible this was. Um, she said there's an endless supply here. I have some really weird stories. One time there was this really rich guy who would come in one week a year and was really addicted to mansplaining. Okay. You could just tell he got satisfaction from it. He'd love to say, ask me a question and include all these little asides to belittle the server and uplift himself. Anyways, if you indulged him, 
He tipped like 200 to $300 on a lunch tab every day for a week straight, then disappeared till next year. And that was one of her worst stories about really it's, being a bartender. Yeah, two to $300 a day for a week just to listen to a guy tell stories. Yeah, some blowhard rich dude. Yeah, okay. That's fine. What's the problem? That sounds like easy money. That's yeah. that's awesome. I mean, it's dude, your, when, I, when I was waiting tables yeah. at one of the restaurants that I waited tables at, I legit had a stalker. This lady would come in once a week at least, sit at the same table, demand to be sit, uh, seated wherever my zone was. Oh. And then before she left, she would have to give me a hug to the point where she actually would come into the kitchen. When I was back there, you know, dumping dishes or doing whatever, she would actually come back there asking for her hug. And it got creepy because then she and her husband started waiting for me outside after closing. Mm. And then the man, the this general is getting manager. funkier by the minute, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they ever yeah. invite you over? Uh, there was a hint at something. Uh, but then oh, to the point it was like really busy one day they were in. And they wanted to talk to me or she wanted to talk to me. And, and my general manager at the time uh, uh, saw that and confronted her and said, no, he's busy. He can't just spend all his time with you. And then she got super pissed off and never saw her again. And, uh, yeah, that I, I, I can tell you this. I was not getting tipped two to $300 every time she came into the restaurant, okay? Wow! What number? What number on the menu was the David sandwich? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know, really to say, my first name's not Stud. It's Dave, <laughs> Mister Van Camp. If you're nasty, there was one time where her husband, because I needed, I needed money, and I mean, they were at a table, they were regulars, and I didn't think anything at the time. I didn't think anything all that threatening about it. But her husband, big burly dude with like handlebar mustache. Oh, buddy! One time I was uh, I was cleaning out the restroom, and he came into the restroom, and struck up a conversation about the Houston Texans and whether or not some certain moves they had made at the time were the right thing to do and all that stuff. Except he continued the conversation as he was dumping out. Oh, and I didn't golly. know like what do I do here? Am I am I because I got to clean the restroom. And I don't know, do I end the conversation? I don't I didn't know really what to do. I was like nineteen at the time. I was like, I don't know what, what this situation calls wow. for here. Again, I didn't make two to three hundred dollars from that guy. No. No. And that's what people were saying online. Here's this old guy, you're griping and moaning because you know, like through a week you're getting tipped close to two thousand dollars just to listen to this guy yammer on right. over a lunch? Shut up. You didn't work at Ponderosa bussing tables. <laughs> right. Or getting called, boy, hey, boy, give, go get me another Coke. Oh, gosh, that guy. There was always that guy. You're 18. Mm -hmm. It's something about being called boy when you're 18. Hey, boy, the steak's not done. It's Ponderosa. <laughs> Eat it and shut up. <laughs> okay, much more to get to. Rupert Murdoch talking about who he wants to be the Republican candidate. This is interesting. That and much more coming up. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What's the story on Rupert Murdoch, David? This yeah. is interesting. Yeah, the owner of Fox News apparently isn't leaning towards Trump or DeSantis in the Republican presidential primary. You know, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, obviously, they were really trying to pump up Ron DeSantis uh, because his companies have really 
gone after Trump. They've turned away from Trump. Famously, the New York Post uh, relegated uh, the presidential ele- or re-election of Donald Trump campaign to like one of the what just like a blurb saying Florida man declares he's running for president. Remember that? Yes. Um, well, apparently, the New York Times is reporting at least the failing New York Times is reporting that Rupert Murdoch is kind of souring a little bit on Ron DeSantis because there hasn't been a lot of movement here since he declared that he was running for president. Uh, The person he really wants to run is Glenn Youngkin, the governor of Virginia. Okay, what does he think the difference would be between Youngkin and DeSantis? There might be one. I think part of it with uh, Rupert Murdoch is the battle with Disney between uh, the state of Florida and Disney. Okay. As a, as a billionaire, as a, as a media right. mogul, obviously having that kind of uh, back and forth with a government would be a little bit, would make you a little bit squirrely. Okay. So he's old school GOP. Probably. Yeah. Where a lot of people want to move from. Yeah. That's why they like someone like DeSantis. That, well, Trump was the ultimate outsider. I mean, he shook up the party unlike anything we've ever seen oh, or yeah. probably will see in our lifetime. And a lot of people really like that. And then it just seems to me that you have the Rupert Murdochs and people, I want to go back to the way it was. Yeah. I don't think the voting public's no. wanting but, that at all. And in fairness, I mean, I don't, I don't even know that Glenn Youngkin would be a sort of return to the status quo either way. I like Glenn Youngkin a lot. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I don't think he could. I think he would win if he were the nominee. I, I just don't think he could get out of the primary, which is the reason why he's not running. Right. Yeah. Well, if DeSantis gets out of the primary, I think he'll win. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Youngkin would win too. I think for a lot of people, the question is can Trump win? And I'm not convinced he can. And a lot of that's suburban women. I mentioned that many times. We can get to more of that a little bit later. Just so you know, the director of the FBI, Christopher Ray, is denying that the FBI at all is protecting the Biden family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. Well, he met he met my expectations then, yes. <laughs> I just figured that's what was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely He's gonna not. He's going to lie happen. out. And... Well, it's not like he was going to get up there and go, okay, you know what? This is the day. I'm going to let you know yeah, all right. about the deep state, and here's how we protected Joe and Hunter all these years. Right. Yeah, you knew that wasn't going to happen. I also just saw that uh, CNN is facing some backlash right now. Mm-hmm. There's some leftist outrage. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Because a correspondent misgendered Dylan Mulvaney? Yeah, they were reporting on Bud Light sales still tanking. I mean, it's really, this is this is one of those things that uh, is going to really hurt that company for a long time. Uh, partnering with Dylan Mulvaney, the, the trans influencer. They're doing a report on CNN about this. And about mm-hmm. how Dylan Mulvaney has fled to Peru because America is too oppressive. <laughs> yeah, I saw that to feel yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but apparently right. the uh, the the CNN anchor referred to him as he because he is a guy. He is actually a male, uh, but that was misgendering because Dylan says that he's a woman, and they're mad at CNN for telling the truth for once. Okay. So is this one of those things? So they're saying you better apologize? Yeah. What? You're going to boycott and CNN's viewership's going to go down further? Is that possible? (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
nothing. I don't know. It's not. How can that happen? It can't get any lower. You wouldn't think. Of course, no. Bud Light said that a month ago, too. No, that's true. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, you have a news update? Well, we've already talked about the basic topic here, but we have a fresh perspective on it. Okay. And that is the greatest orator of our time, Kamala Harris, explaining things. Oh. What's uh, the update? The update is, you know, she's in charge now of uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, that's in her portfolio now because everything else has been going so great that she's taken on. Mm-hmm. Um, she explained artificial intelligence. Oh, boy. And this isn't in Man. front of kids. This is a No, this is in front of adults, yes. All right, roll it. I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. But ultimately what it is is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught... And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and, and we can predict then, if we think about what, machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. You're sure this is a group of adults yes, it's a, that she's speaking to? You know, I just I, see children in a semicircle around her. <laughs> she's sitting in the middle of one of those little wood chairs, right? And she's talking about AI. Oh, yeah. I really like how she had, how she had to uh, point out that AI was two letters. It was two letters. Yes. Really, I thought AI was one word. That's how I spell or one letter. I that's how I spell my name, D A I V I D. Obviously. Has she been around a normal person in the last 30 years? The answer is no. I don't think so. No. no. Just regular people? It, it, probably not. Well, who are the people she's around? You would have to explain AI like that, too. This no, is like... I, think it's, I think it's, dude, she is around other political figures and, you know, gladhanders so often that she looks at, you know, just common people as, like, stupid. Like, I have to explain everything to you because you don't understand it's only us gifted ones that really understand the world yeah but the context of that is even worse though because she's not actually talking to a bunch of normal people or anything like that she's i I believe she's addressing a panel of people who are going to be the brain trust oh my goodness what are we going to do with artificial intelligence moving forward how do you regulate it do you need to regulate it at all what do we need to be on the lookout for that kind of stuff and this is a prepared speech. Yes. Okay, her staff hates her. Yeah, <laughs> they have to. You know that AI is two different letters? I mean, I've just found that out. I didn't realize that. I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence. <laughs> you know, VP is two letters, and it stands for vice president, doesn't it? Yes, it does. All right. Again, though, 
Because I, I can see you getting a migraine, Scott. Yeah, I, I think, do. again, whenever you hear Kamala Harris try to explain something, you have to look at it like you just stumbled across a Rubik's Cube made out of peanut butter. Okay? <laughs> Don't try to solve it. You're only going to make a mess. Just acknowledge it for what it is and move on. But what is it with this? She's so this, bad at this. You know, preschool teacher cadence she has to everything. Ultimately, what it is is it's about machine learning. <laughs> and so the machine is taught and yes <laughs> of, of course <laughs> but what are we and doing this is the people that are supposed to be on our team I mean, yeah. the, oh my goodness this is like a bunch of people just came walking across the desert after wandering for like 70 years and you're explaining ai to them <laughs> right it's like you just right. uh, you just stumbled yeah. a, uh, upon some japanese sol soldier who's been guarding some far-flung island since world war yeah, ii too and you're explaining all yeah. this to him now <laughs> yeah i mean we know all of the every, everybody who knows anything knows all of this already <laughs> it's just so dumb and, and <laughs> Well, here, Scott, I'll use and a boomer reference for you. It's like Gilligan and the Skipper just got back to the mainland, and she wants to explain it to him. AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's, first of all, it's two letters. I know that. It means artificial intelligence. That's hilarious. Golly, man. Okay. Uh, let's move on to this. I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, nearly a dozen current and former white house officials have extensive ties to hunter biden can you explain this david yeah it's one of those things that you kind of know because it's a big club and we're not in it we're just being taken advantage of by them uh but fox news uh has put together uh, a, a list of current and former white house officials who have had extensive personal and business ties with uh hunter biden uh, for example, National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. They served together on the board of the Truman National Security Project, a liberal foreign policy think tank, for about two years. Wow. And so uh, when, when you hear these people talking about Hunter Biden and saying, well, we don't have anything to say about that, or, or Jake Sullivan and Kareem Jean-Pierre, their favorite response is always, I'm not going to address that from this podium. I don't know what podium we need to build <laughs> that they can't address this from right <laughs> but a lot of a, a lot of these people they're buddies with him and business partners with him and you kind of instinctively know that but when you see it kind of laid out like oh by the way a top aide to defense secretary lloyd austin they they had a friendly relationship uh when you see oh i don't know the person who's uh, who was the communications director for First Lady Jill Biden was a big friend of Hunter Biden. You've got oh what uh, Anthony Blinken and his wife, who are wow. in deep with Hunter Biden. I mean, these are not just people who kind of know, oh, Hunter, that's the president's son, and they went to a couple of cocktail parties together. I mean, these are people who are all very intimately uh, uh, engaged with one another, either currently or they have been in the past. Well, and it gets away from the narrative that the left always wants to say that, you know, Hunter, okay, he's had his issues. He was yeah. a drug addict. He's made some some mistakes, but his dad loves him, and he's yeah. proud of him, uh, everything that he's overcome, and it has nothing to do with his presidency. No, they're tied together yeah. on yes, a ton of different things. Yeah, it's not private citizen Hunter no. Biden. Hunter has been very involved in in some of the people who are making key decisions for the United States of America. 
You know what else, man? I just thought of this. I heard this. It was Megyn Kelly's podcast, and I forget the guys she was talking to, but one of the guys she had on, they were talking about Hunter Biden and the daughter that he has with the stripper, mm -hmm. right? And that Joe and the Biden family won't recognize this child, even though the child knows that Joe Biden is her grandfather and that Hunter Biden is her father. And this guy was talking about how his dad was basically non-existent for his life and, you know, really didn't recognize him a whole lot. A few times when he was little and the way he was talking about what a despicable thing that is to do to somebody else. I mean, you already know it, but it clicks in another way when you hear someone describe their own experience with something like that. Mm -hmm. And his point was, and this whole nonsense of, well, out of respect for his son, Joe is distancing himself. His point was, no, this is where you show what a dad is supposed to be. Yeah. And you model it. And how disgusting for him to not recognize that grandchild and make it a point to say you only got six when you have seven. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really interesting. Anyway, another story out there today. Electric vehicle sales bad right now this no. is an axios what? story you mean people don't want them unsold electric what cars is... are piling up on dealer lots that's oh. an axios story why it matters the growing mismatch between ev supply and demand is a sign that even though consumers are showing more interest in electric vehicles they're still wary about purchasing one because of price or change or charging concerns yeah. well yes yeah it's well documented we don't have the infrastructure Goodness, Cox Automotive experts highlighted the swelling EV inventories during a recent mid-year industry review for journalists and industry stakeholders. Okay, what percent of the U.S. auto market is EV sales? Right now? Yeah, take a guess. Closest wins. Mm, 3%. I was going to say 2%. 6.5. Oh, that's higher than I thought, actually. Yeah. Um, well, and... This has been talked about, too. Some consumers are saying, you know, I would consider a hybrid, but I don't want to go all electric. But then you hear people on the left, oh, no, 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 got to do away with the hybrids. That's one of the things Toyota's been talking about yeah. for quite a while, saying we don't know that the future is going to be electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. Do you know all the problems with electric vehicles and everything that you actually need for electric vehicles? Yeah. And that's well, not great for the environment, you know? No, it's not. And the other thing, too... Uh, aside from, you know, slave labor, strip mining, things like that that are involved in producing these things, these batteries. Um, but there are also legitimate infrastructure concerns because these vehicles are very heavy. Yes. And so, you know, if you're in a, especially abroad, not in the United States, you know, and you might not be able to trust that bridge you're driving over, you get everybody driving an electric vehicle over there, it's, uh, it's not going to work out very well. Man, oh man! So you got these on lots all over the place, and they're they're just not moving. I'm, that's the only thing that scares me is the government's going to get involved in this and give them like twenty five thousand dollar rebate checks or something if you buy they, one. They've already been involved yeah, quite a bit. I mean, to the to the point where they're they're practically free. I could see that. Well, rather than admit I mean, that maybe there isn't a big market for this. We don't have any money. Uh, well, who says that? 30-some trillion dollars in debt. That hasn't stopped anybody from doing anything. The Just, other thing, I mean, we go back to this all the time. Is this stopping China or India as far as 
No. <laughs> Carbon, of course. Oh, no. There, there's a fascinating uh, uh, piece put together. I think it was by The Economist, maybe The Financial Times, uh, where they demonstrated uh, carbon emissions by nation. And it's really interesting because America has been fairly flat, if not going down a little bit, in terms mm-hmm. of carbon emissions. Whereas you look at China and India, and it is like triple or quadruple what the United States puts out. And they are only going up. They're not going down. Because they realize no. that, I mean, especially in China, their economy is teetering anyway. If they were to somehow cut out energy production using coal or anything, if they were to just do away with that or cut it even to United States emissions standards, mm-hmm. their economy would crumble. And they're right. not suicidal or stupid. They No, they want world dominance when <laughs> right. you're talking about China. Right. No, they're not going to stop. No. So, And you've heard the stories of different people getting this electric vehicle. And then, well, it's, we had to plan this trip. We wanted to go somewhere we couldn't go because we didn't know we were going to have the charging station and all this other stuff which is not related to the other story that we briefly mentioned earlier that was going around online, people talking about the worst purchase that they ever made. And one of the biggest was a Zune MB, uh, MP3 player. Remember, that was supposed to be a deal yeah. back in tw- 2012. Oh, I had one. Did you really? Yeah, I did. And where I, is it at now? Um, it broke. Oh, you know, I the thing is, actually... There are some, if they're in good shape, are worth some cash. Yeah, they, they worked. It worked pretty well. It broke because of user error. I just want to be clear about that. It didn't just, like, suddenly break down. I dropped it, and then I didn't have the money to replace it. But I got it because it was cheaper than the uh, the iPod. Right. So, I mean, it, and I think it's admirable that you, to this day, want to protect the image of Zune. I do. To make sure that it was not its fault. Well, it was I, your fault. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that, man. <laughs> I was one of the thing. original Zune goons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there you go. It was like being beta back in the day. Yeah. That was a long time ago. All right, a lot more to get to. Including, yeah, it doesn't look like Trump's going to do the first debate or even the second debate. So about that. Then much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, Trump's not going to participate in the first two debates, it looks like? Well, a top Trump campaign advisor, Jason Miller, tells News Nation that Trump probably will be skipping at least the initial Republican presidential primary debates. Okay. At the moment, President Trump has indicated that he's unlikely to participate, at least in the first two debates. He's up by 30, 40, and even new polling shows he's up by almost 50 percent in certain places. It really wouldn't make much sense for him to go and debate right now with a bunch of folks who are down at 3, 4, and 5 percent. Even Ron DeSantis, who's a second-place candidate in the race currently, is at least 20, 30, or 40 points behind. And so ultimately, President Trump will make a decision as we get closer. He has not said anything definitive one way or the other. The other, I'm not expecting him to participate, though. Even the advisor says Sanctus. I somebody's yeah, got to explain that, that one to me. I don't yeah, know what Ron Sanctus is, but any, anyway, no, I think I think you run the risk though of just having like ten people up on a stage trashing you without you being able to defend yourself. I mean, I I think that's really stupid strategy, personally. It seems that way. But he's been right about things before I've been wrong about. I don't know. Well, I don't know. When he skipped a, a debate or two during the primary the first time around, uh, his poll that was one of the few times his poll numbers went down. That's true. So 
I, I mean, you you got to keep yourself out there and defend your record if you if you want to try to earn people's votes back. I, I just don't understand it. And I also really still don't understand how, you know, the Trump campaign can say this is a great move and then turn around and criticize Joe Biden for not debating RFK Jr. You, you really can't have it both ways. Either either it's OK to skip a debate or it's not. Yeah, I don't understand it. But I know, you know, for a lot of people that are it's got to be Trump, it doesn't matter what he does. They're in. They're in for the Trumpster. And that, there's nothing that's going to get them not to vote for him in the primary. And I saw some of the, the latest polling. I mean, even in Florida, DeSantis is, what, mm-hmm. 10 points behind? Oh, yeah. And I'm- in New Hampshire, holy smokes, dude. What is that number? I just saw it. It's like 47 to, it's worse than 47 to 23. It's even lower than that. Well, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis has said, oh, this is like a media narrative that I'm not doing very well. I mean, it it, it seems to be reflected in reality, too, that this, the, the polling just has not been really all that positive for him, at least in the primary polling. Yeah, the New Hampshire polling, it's 44 to 17. Yeah. I haven't felt any big momentum. No, it's just sort of like, okay, he's running for president. Now what? Yeah. Yeah, it may not be. I don't know. We'll see what happens on Friday with the Tucker Carlson thing, if that gets covered. But then again, you know Fox isn't going to cover it a whole lot. (laughs) Right, of course. Because Tucker's part of it. He needs to take a bunch of documents and stash them. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David, biggest story today is what? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if this is the biggest story of the day, but you're, you're mentioning the uh, the Iowa, uh, not town hall, but uh, whatever they're calling it, candidate forum hosted mm-hmm. by Tucker Carlson. Asa Hutchinson, the weak-kneed former governor of Arkansas, mm-hmm. is going to be there. He's showing up to, to get grilled by Tucker, so, I mean, he's got some guts there. Um there is a he did a campaign event apparently uh yesterday in nevada and there are one two three four five six people in attendance who goes (laughs) no one who in the world would go to that no one all right we got to get to a news update and the robins trifecta next the markley bain camp and robin show I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Remember Ray Epps? Yep. Oh, yeah. He was the guy who uh, was seen on the day of the Capitol riot. Need to go in yeah, the Capitol. Telling people to go in to the Capitol, who was on the Capitol grounds during the riot, uh, but was never charged with a crime. Initially was on the FBI's wanted list, but uh, just for whatever reason, uh, didn't wind up getting charged. And a lot of people have been wondering, well, who is this person? And uh, there have been suggestions that he was working on behalf of the feds. Yep. And this guy has gone into hiding, and he's popped up to do a couple of different interviews. Ray Epps is now... Uh, filing a lawsuit officially against uh, Fox News and Tucker Carlson for defamation. Uh, As the New York Times, sorry, the failing New York Times puts it, uh, he's claiming that they promoted a fantastical story that Mr. Epps was an undercover government agent who instigated the violence at the Capitol as a way to disparage then-President Trump and his supporters. 
Uh, so this was filed in Superior Court in Delaware. This is where the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News was was heard as well, where that, that resulted in a $787 million uh, settlement here. Um, now, I, I, good luck, Ray. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. There, there seem to be a lot of people in liberal media reacting to the breaking news saying, oh, well, now Fox is cooked here. Like, well, I mean, be careful what you ask for. And I've said before, and I'll say it There's going to be discovery in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I'll, I'll say it. Uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I mean, if this guy absolutely had no connection, for real, had no connection to the FBI, then he absolutely is owed an apology. Sure. But that apology also needs to come from Democrats and Republicans uh, who were part of the January 6th committee, Adam Kinzinger and whatnot. That apology also needs to come from them because at every turn they've made him look even more suspicious. Well, yeah, and then there's this 60 Minutes piece that's supposed to, what, clear him? Yeah. But it doesn't. No. You're saying, well, this is an effort to make me the scapegoat. That's what all this was. I wasn't part of the violence. Yes, but you're on camera saying you need to go in. Yeah. I mean, the thing about this guy is, too, he could have cleared this up a long time ago, should he have wanted to. But he didn't. Nope. He could have been screaming from the mountaintops. I do not work for the government. I was involved in this because I felt there was, you know, there was a, an election fraud going on, but he didn't. He just went into hiding. And if you notice earlier today, Chris Ferrey, the FBI director, yeah. being questioned about having FBI agents on the ground day of January 6th. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. You don't know? Well, and again. Well, and he starts talking about, well, it, depending on what time, you mean after, you know, uh, the breach, then, you know, it's hard for me to say, it. no, that's not what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Whoever was asking the question at the time, we had the monitor on earlier. And why didn't Ray Epps go to jail? I mean, if he was yeah. encouraging people to storm the Capitol, my goodness, man. Yeah. Well, no doubt. Instead of people just going through, taking a few well, selfies they went and to jail. out. Well, and I think the other thing that, that could be at play here is I, I wonder uh, how quote-unquote cooperative he really was with the FBI. Um, and, you know, because nobody's alleging, or at least very few people are alleging, that, that Ray Epps is an FBI agent. It's that he was an FBI asset on the ground, either before or after the riot, notably. Again, it could have been after the riot that they said, okay, well, if you help us with this, this, and this, then we're not going to charge you. Why, if that's me... And let's say I did get caught up in this, and oh my gosh, I am on tape doing all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be also shouting from the rooftops, hey man, FBI Director Chris Ray, anybody, tell people why I wasn't charged with a crime. Yes, right, tell people exactly. explicitly, because they say, well, he wasn't part of the violence that day. Well, yeah, he was. He was encouraging people to be violent. Yes. I yeah. mean, and did, was never, as far as I know, handcuffed. Yeah, that even, was part of that Q and A questioning. I mean, please with Ray with Christopher Ray earlier, he's like, "Well, we don't use the word asset, right?" <sighs> Come on, okay, man. just answer the question, yeah. man. It's infuriating watching that. All right, you ready for your big three? Sure. All right, let's do it. It's time. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe. Oh.
It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day, the trifecta. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Staying nice and cool, Casey? Yes. I know it's hot. I heard all about it. Okay. Three. Number three, uh, trans influencer and Bud Light brand killer, Dylan Mulvaney, (laughs) has fled the country and is now in Peru. He's in Peru. Yeah. Meditating with the llamas, I guess. I don't have any idea what's going on, but apparently he said, and he's been saying for quite some time now, that it's unsafe for him to stay in the U.S. Why is that? He said uh, he's announced he's solo traveling to South America to reconnect with herself. And filmed himself frolicking at the time with llamas. It said that he could no longer be in the U.S. because no longer felt safe in the U.S. First of all, I just want to say from the top, there is zero evidence whatsoever, zero, that Dylan Mulvaney is under any threat of bodily harm from legions of disenfranchised Bud Light drinkers, okay? If so, where are the receipts? That's what you wonder. There aren't any. By the way, David, you probably remember this. Who was it not that long ago that was going off on Mulvaney, calling him an attention whore? Was that Uh, Rogan? It might have been. I don't remember. I can't remember. It was a hilarious take. Like, just go away already. By the way, I just want to say this. 52% of Peruvians disagree with allowing adoption by same-sex couples. Yeah, it's not. 65% of Peruvians find homosexuality not justifiable. 72% of Peruvians disapprove of same-sex marriage. Well, feel safe? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. There's been an effort to try to legalize same-sex marriage for the last few years, and it's it's failed in Peru. Yeah. I don't don't know why you would want to, why you feel safer in South America than in the United States, but, you know, hey, you do you, man. Well, it's not well, I mean, about everything that. this guy's experiencing. Right, and everything he's experiencing is a result of things he brought on himself. So. Yes. We're getting closer and closer to number one. This guy Robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number two. Uh, number two, Kamala Harris tweets about bathrooms on airplanes. This is oh, crazy. Yeah, what is she's on a roll these days, isn't she? Holy cow. She tweeted out, and I don't know where this comes from, but the majority of domestic flights do not have accessible restrooms. This is absolutely unacceptable. They don't? Right. I know. (laughs) They don't. Our administration will soon announce a solution to help end this inequity. Now, I've flown not as many times as a lot of people have flown, but I've flown a lot. I've flown in puddle jumpers. I've flown in big jets. I've flown in different parts of the country. So have you. So has David. I've never been on a plane that did not have accessible bathrooms. I don't know what she's talking about. Well, she's talking about that you have to wait in line? I think she's talking about, like, for people with disabilities. But I like didn't have the, any of those either that I'm aware of. Like, there's not space. Well, there's really not space. If you're in a wheelchair, there's not really any space to wheel up and down the aisle anyway. Not not really. So, I, yeah, I, again, I, I don't really know if this is the biggest top of mind. I would imagine that if you are suffering from a disability, it is a pain to fly. It sucks. Sure. But I... Again, I don't know what exactly do you want to do here. I, I Maybe it's just an attempt to show that she is uh, vice president for the people. Well, is this some sort of transgender people? thing? I don't, I don't know about no, that either. I, I, think I don't know. I think it's accessibility for people with disabilities. Does she say that in the tweet? No. 
Well, then you're left with people trying to yeah. wonder what you're talking what the, about. What, what, what does she mean by accessibility? The great I, communicator. I, I, you know, I, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. But it, we've, all hell is breaking loose everywhere. Mm. The world is on fire. <laughs> this is her concern right now. I tell you, man, it's, it is kind of hard even for me as a bigger guy to turn one around and enter. Airplane bathroom, so. Okay, boy, that's a lot of information. All right. Now, <laughs> on you. with the countdown. What are you doing turning one around on an airplane anyway? <laughs> it's that's, it's that's there for cool. a reason, Scott. Holy smokes, mm. Dad, yo. And I had Chipotle before the flight. <laughs> okay. One. Thank you. Yes, we're up to number one. Number one. A doctor says it's racist if you don't recognize her. This is. What? This is more insanity. Bree Peacock, medical doctor. Okay. She tweets out, today... I walked into a new hospital with hair fresh out of a protective style afro. It was sitting high and wide on top of my head. I checked in with my name and stated my purpose for being there and was sent to patient registration. I said loudly, I'm not having surgery. I am the surgeon. What's your last name? Bree Peacock. Peacock. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can't forget that. It's exhausting. It is. Every okay. innocuous interaction becomes well, an aggression or some form of racism. Well, yeah, that that happens all the time, though. When some when you're new in a place, the first, I think it was actually the second day, I was in this particular studio location uh, about four years ago. That I'm walking in, I have my key card and everything, and one of the engineers actually stopped me and said, "Hey, who are you? Said, uh, can I help you? You need to go to the front desk." I was like, "Well, no, I'm here with Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin's show." Oh. Okay, and then my she mistake. Called the cops. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay, my mistake. Move on. No one died. It's okay. I well, survived. I'm fine. Some doctor chimed in and said, "Hey, this didn't happen." And if it did, it was because she went to the wrong place and failed to identify herself. But that's not how doctors credential that facilities show up and announce that they're there for surgery. Some people are looking for a reason to go viral and say, Why you, you know, see how I was treated badly. Up. I mean, just golly. Yes, I mean, isn't that the popular saying? Racism on short supply, so you make it up. You just make it up. And there you go. Yeah, Nobody challenges you. you. So yes. there you go. Thanks, the Scott Casey. Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Thanks. Always appreciate it, Scott. Thanks, buddy. Okay, much more to get to. Got to get to another news update. And then, of course, Nimrod's in the news. Um, man, oh, man. There's a lot to choose from. Okay, so... A tourist fought a one-legged man and then danced naked on a poker table? Am I getting this right? This is a great Nimrod to the Whoa. news coming up here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. And uh, story today, New York Health Commissioner says she blew hospitalizations out of proportion to push COVID shot for kids. Ooh, buddy. Mary T. Bassett said rare incidents of pediatric hospitalizations were brought to the fore to motivate pediatricians and families to seek the protection of vaccination for young children who face virtually no risk from COVID-19. You know, if it's something really good, you don't have to lie to people about it. It's that simple. Yep. I couldn't believe it when it was happening. When you saw other countries saying, no, absolutely, it's not safe. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to do it. There's no upside. Wow. Okay. Um, meanwhile, no, there's a fight going on. Whether or not to dismantle some of the Pentagon's controversial social policies. Mm. Apparently, this is splitting some House Republicans. Uh-oh. 
struggling to pass the annual defense policy bill this week. Well, as far as the Biden administration, they want, you know, as far as, you know, making advances up the structure of the military. Right. We've got to have, you know, race part of that. Military is based on a meritocracy. It always has been. It has to be. There's a big fight going on. That's one that seems worth fighting over. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just going to promote someone in the military because, well, we got to have a quota here. Right. Hey, if they're just as good as anybody else, okay. But someone in charge that's not so we feel better about ourselves? Yeah. Hadn't worked How do you win for... wars like that? Yeah, that the, the whole diversity hire push uh, really hasn't worked out great in situations and companies that have, you know, employed it. No. No, it, dude, it's really interesting when you hear a black conservative talk about this issue, how demeaning it is actually to blacks. Mm-hmm. But yet in legacy media, you'll never hear that part of the story. Just never want to tell it. It's really interesting. All right. Nimrods. This is an epic Nimrod. <laughs> you get ready. This is a big one. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the news. We start in Vegas. What happens in Vegas? No, it's not going to stay there because everybody had their cell phone cameras out. Okay, there's this dude. I want to paint the picture for you. 35-year-old guy from Long Island, New York. His name is Brian Denalzik. All right, if you picture a 35-year-old guy, dark hair, beard, um, decent-looking guy, doesn't look crazy at all, mm-hmm. just regular-looking dude. Um, he is in this casino. It's just past 11 o'clock at night, and cops get a report about a fight at the Flamingo Hotel. That is after this dude, Brian, attacked a one-legged man. Oh, jeez. Then security footage showed showed up uh, or showed him going to fight off security who was trying to capture him. And then he just takes his clothes off and starts streaking through the casino. <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> so then police are trying to catch up. They track him down at another casino nearby, still fully nude. When they try to arrest him, he ran off again, ended up at a third casino. Man, this guy's fast. No doubt, dude. It's like, cue the music. Then they try to arrest him. He goes to this casino. This time, he actually runs through and then jumps up on a poker table. Now you have, you know, dealers around. You got all the people that are just hanging out there. And this guy decides it's a good time to dance. So he just starts, <laughs> like, hands behind his head, and he's gyrating all over the place. People everywhere with their cameras out filming this. Holy cow. Now security's trying to get him down. He lays down, gets on his back on the poker table, Puts his legs way up in the air and starts shaking his leg and the spread eagle out there. It's oh, a nasty scene for all involved. <laughs> they finally get him off the table. He tries to punch one of the security guys. It's 
amazing the security guy didn't really lay him out. Kind of screwed up his look. residency, didn't it, huh? <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that would have been a hangover for the ages, huh? Oh, buddy. He says he remembers none of it. They don't know what drug Ooh. he was on. Wow. And that's Nimrod's in the news.